The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slareth. My co-host, Mike Evans, still recovering from open-heart surgery. He'll probably be with us toward the end of the week or early next week. Producer Scott DeHuff by my side. Really excited to present to you part one of my interview with Adam Schefter. Getting to know Adam Schefter. You know him as a guy that breaks news on ESPN, and he breaks more news than anybody else in this business. One of the biggest influencers in the National Football League. But I know him as a friend, a guy who covered me when I was playing, was a beat writer for the Denver Post at the time. And so uh, our relationship goes way, way back. And I'm telling you what, I'm so excited for you to hear what Adam's got going on in his life besides football. But first, Core Water. Hydrate your huddle with Core pH Balance Water. Ultra purified and balanced and electrolytes to match your body's natural pH of 7.4. The other day, Scott DeHuff brought me a water that had an 8.0 pH balance. Ha! I spit it out. It was awful. I hated every second of it because it just didn't taste as good as Core Water. 7.4 is a pH where your body performs at its best. It's science, people. With award-winning, crisp, clean taste, wide mouth, it's perfect for hydration, easy to take to the gym. You can find Core Water at your neighborhood 7-Eleven. Yes, the gym. Uh-huh. You can tell by looking at me, I go there quite often. It's the one with the blue cap, Core pH Balance Water. Delicious. Learn more at hydratewithcore.com. All right, sitting down with my friend Adam Schefter. And Adam, you've done a phenomenal job um, developing your career. I think, you know, perception becomes reality. People look at you and say, oh, you know, he just knows everything about the NFL. I mean, you've ground out a career in football forever. Tell me how you've done it. Honestly, I'm a single guy. I'm living out in Colorado. Covering that team was like being around my family because I had no family out there, really. And so all you guys became professional friends of mine, right? There were relationships involved. And you talk about all the stuff you have to go through. You know, I felt like I lived at that Broncos training facility. And when I was there, I had Gary Zerman tie me down to the ground or tie me up to the goalposts. And there was stuff that you had to get through in life. But it was great because all you guys were so tremendous. It's part of the reason that you won the championships that you did because you were men of character. And there were a lot of great men in that locker room, and I was honored to know all of you. You know, I get grief all the time. Oh, you play for the Broncos O-line. You guys never spoke to the media. You're such a hypocrite. I'm like, hey, man, go ask Adam Schefter. I spoke to him every single day. It was just never on the record. I loved hanging out with you guys. And, and, and Alex Gibbs, I go over to his house for dinner, and people talked about how tyrannical he was and how much he hated dealing with the media. And yet he and I and, uh, and Trino, we were – all very friendly. I mean, it was great to be with them. So, uh, to me, that was, again, an honor, a privilege, and I got to be around people that I learned about professionalism from and how to carry yourself. And, again, uh, I guess it's supposed to work out that way sometimes because it was really a special place to be. 
Adam, I, you know, you've got two cell phones. You're on them all the time. I've had dinner with you. It's uh, kind of miserable because you're always talking to somebody from the NFL. How, how, how much business gets done on those two cell phones? Uh, coaches go on the tablets, and uh, offensive linemen live in the training room, and, and I live on my two phones. That's sort of the way that it is. And, you know, again, that's just the way that the job has evolved over time and over the years. You know, when I was covering you guys, I was typing on some portable little typewriter computer slash deal that you file stories to the newspaper. And so the business has changed, technology has changed, and uh, again, <laughs> it's it's been a privilege to be able to do it. On an average day, how much time do you spend having conversations with GMs and coaches and all those people who run NFL franchises? Well, you, you know what happens, think over time, like I've been doing this for 28 years now, so you develop relationships with people, right? I mean, if I were doing this for 28 years and I didn't have some relationships with people, then uh, I probably would have been doing something wrong. So you're just checking in with these people that you have relationships with and you've got people that you talk to within every organization and I don't know. It's 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 been for me very enjoyable, a labor of love. It, it does require a lot. I can't tell you how many calls or texts come in on a given day because every day is different, and different times of the year are different. And there are peak periods, no question, during the postseason, the end of the regular season, and postseason when there are coaches being fired, unfortunately, and then hired. And there's free agency and the draft. There's a lot of stuff. Sundays are busy and fun with actives and inactives and news on a Sunday and injury updates and all those things. And you know, the NFL is the most popular sport, and uh, ESPN is the biggest sports media platform. So I get the privilege of working for the biggest sports media organization, covering the most popular sport, and I'm just basically doing what anybody in my position would. Okay, so when you're not tied to your phones, what do you do for fun? Who is Adam? away from football it's really a very simple basic life uh, there's not a lot to it i don't have a lot of hobbies I, I it's not like i am an avid golfer i don't have the time to do that i wish i did i'm not very good at it um i don't garden i again i i don't get to travel a lot my wife is not a big traveler uh that used to be something that i would do back when i was in denver and i was single and in june you would take off and go to europe or somewhere uh, exotic and and kind of you know have different experiences. I I I just it's a it's a real simple life thing. There's there's not a lot to it. It's it's work, it's family, it's kids, it's dogs, it's hanging out. It's it's just kind of living your job and living your family and doing all those things together. Adam, um, I, I I need you to tell me about the book. I know the story. Many people probably don't know the story. Uh, you were gracious enough to send both Lisa and I a copy of your book. Lisa's heading out to, to Europe for a wedding, so she is going to read it on the plane. Very excited about it. But tell us a little bit about The Man I Never Met. Around the 10-year anniversary of 9-11, I pitched to ESPN a story that they declined. They, they really weren't interested in doing it at the time. And then for the 15th anniversary of 9-11, which happened to fall on the opening Sunday of the 2016 NFL season, I pitched the story again that spring or summer, and they declined again. But then all of a sudden, Greg Jewell, who's a great producer here at ESPN, called me up. It was one day in, like, June or July. And he said, we're going to do that story. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. Now, I honestly didn't know what form the story would take, but the story was a tribute to my wife's late husband. 
he was in one of the buildings on 9-11 working for Cantor Fitzgerald, obviously lost his life. He was, by all accounts, uh, a tremendous man, a great man. I've gotten to know his family very well. His parents are like my second set of in-laws. And she once said, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, you know, well, how come you don't mention the fact that you are married to a, a woman who lost her husband on 9-11? I said, well, I didn't realize that you would even want me to talk about it. And she said, well, it would be an honor. I said, well, it's my honor. And so that became the idea of pitching the story to ESPN, which eventually they signed off on. And the story ran, like I said, on that opening Sunday of the NFL season. And it ran right around 11.45, 12 o'clock Eastern time in the morning. And I remember, because on Sundays, when the actives and inactives are coming in, my phone starts buzzing, you know, all kinds of updates from teams. You know, this guy's active, this guy's inactive, this guy's starting. And the piece ran. It was a six-and-a-half-minute piece. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, I'd invite them to just Google, you know, Adam Schefter 9-11 tribute and watch the piece. And when I sat down to talk to Wendy Nix about it afterwards, my phone was buzzing like crazy, and I thought, Wow, I don't want to reach for it because we're on air talking about my wife's dead husband. And I went back to my computer, and there were like 30 emails already. And for two or three straight days, I've never seen anything like this. It just kept coming nonstop. Hundreds of texts, hundreds of emails from people who had seen the story. Number one, Joe Mayo was a great man. Number two, my wife has demonstrated tremendous strength, tremendous strength and courage. Number three, I think it gave people who go through rough periods in life some hope. And so there are a lot of factors that I think made the story relate to a lot of people. And after it ran, I don't know, a month or two later, some people are like, well, why don't you turn it into a book? I'm like, I, I don't know that we can turn it into a book. I don't know if there's enough interest to turn it into a book. I don't know what we would do to turn it into a book. And yet, that's just what we did. I worked with another writer who's tremendous, Michael Rosenberg. He lives in Ann Arbor, went to the University of Michigan like myself. I've known him, writes for Sports Illustrated. He's a great writer. And we spent the last year writing the book together. And it comes out September 4th. Uh, the people who have read it so far have had a very, very strong reaction to it, which is, is encouraging. And, and again, I think if this piece generates the type of reaction that the TV story piece generated, it'll, it'll work out well. But the TV story was a six-and-a-half-minute TV piece, and this is a 200-page book. And so it's sort of like, you know, that was a little appetizer, a pig in the blanket, the TV story, and this is like a main course. And like I said, I think the book is an expanded version that will – honor my wife's late husband and demonstrate my wife's strength and courage and give more people more hope who read the story. And I, I hope people buy it and I hope they read it. I hope they read it and I hope they enjoy it. Again, that's The Man I Never Met. Unbelievable book. Unbelievable story. I haven't read it yet, but uh, I will. And um, I'm telling you, releasing on September 4th, make sure you go out and get yourself a copy. It will inspire you. And, and I'll tell you what, Adam, um, the love you have for your in-laws or your wife's in-laws, just the relationship, it just goes to show how big your heart is, and um, and it was something special that I witnessed at your 50th birthday party. Well, thank you, Snake. I appreciate it. And, and the Mayos were um, incredible during this process because, you know, a lot of this is their story, 
and at any one point, uh, they could have said, we, we don't want to share this with the world. You know, we don't want anyone to read this. Uh, this is our son. And, and they, they were not like that. Uh, they were great and gracious and generous as they have always been. And so I, I can't imagine what it would have been like for them to read the book and have to relive the darkest days of their life. Uh, but they handled that the way they've handled everything with tremendous grace and dignity. And I have nothing but respect and love for them. All right. So that's part one of my interview with Adam Schefter. Part two is going to come out very soon where we'll kind of dig into the NFL, some of the signings, some of the people who aren't signed, and just, um, you know, all things National Football League. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to the Stinkin' Truth podcast. Thanks to my uh, sponsor, Core Water. We really appreciate you guys. And we will be back uh, before you know it. That's the Stinkin' Truth podcast.